Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. You head out again for Millersfield. We'll stay at the Roast Beast. You are awakened by the sound of clanging bells. You hear some shouting and lots of people running around outside. We're heading out as soon as we gather the able-bodied men. You can see this dark mass moving in the distance. Grab whatever oil you can find. Let's make a couple half circles. Make like a firewall. Men, this is the night we prove ourselves to our families, to our homes, to our cows. Who's with me? I can light the oil. It bursts into flame and you can see it spreading. They charge towards the first wave of zombies. Drinks on us tonight if you come back alive. As soon as it's pretty clear that the zombies aren't going to have any effect, the flying creature flies off towards the south. We didn't even get to see what it was. It's almost like they were herded toward the town. I've never seen them that coordinated. I don't like the smell of it. It looks like there are several minor wounds among the lesser trained or the militia members, but it doesn't seem to be any fatalities. Anywhere there are wounds, we're going to have to start chopping off limbs. All yeah. right, let's get to work. I will go around and help Aslo with the amputations. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, that's not how that, how that works in this world? <laughs> that's really not necessary. Oh, no, you got a little scratch here on your elbow. We're going to have to take the arm. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's definitely how medical care works. Um, yeah, like I'll I'll go around and help anybody who needs it and dress some wounds. And uh, yeah, I was thinking zombie infection. By the way, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. no, mm. that is true. Have we actually ever confirmed that being bit by one of these zombies results in becoming one? I do not think that we have. I think that we have confirmed that the crystals cause zombieism, but otherwise, no. We've determined what the crystals do, and that they turn people into zombies, but we have not yet confirmed otherwise. Right. I feel like we would be very superstitious and suspicious of the potential that the zombie saliva does have some sort of contagion. We should quarantine them. Quarantine them immediately! (laughs) Yes, I agree. Actually, just for... Because you never can be too careful. Tokus, can you find a zombie who hasn't been burnt to a crisp and take a saliva sample and analyze it for traces of any sort of infectious... uh, an agent that may cause this condition? Shabbat, please. I've had a whole week of training at the Alchemist Guild. Of course I can figure that out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some saliva. Yes! Yes! I'm going to find some saliva and I'm going to roll some dice. All right. It's science time. It'll take you a while to actually sit down and run tests on it. Well, we have no more pressing matters. We can tend to the wounded while Tokus does some investigative work. Tokus the science guy. Tokus, Tokus, Tokus. I just rolled like 20 dice. That was that sound. Hope one of them was good. Give me two checks. I want an intelligence alchemist kit check and also medicine. Twelve. Oh, and the second check. Oh no 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 no! As a, my medicine. Oh, it's too late. Oh. Too late now. Too late. <laughs> Aslo was busy picking his nose. Yeah, y- you weren't going to help me very much. So yeah, so that's my wisdom. What's that um, supposed to mean? I got a two. 
Oh no! Ooh, wow! I have a plus zero. That's got to be an all-time low for us. Yeah. So you manage to extract some saliva and kind of distill it, and get several separate pieces of this spit. <laughs> pieces of spit divided up into its components. But then you're looking at it and you're like, I have no idea what these actually mean or what might happen if you got bitten by this. I can tell them that it's clearly saliva. Okay, that's a start. And that they need to be quarantined in the inn, because it's the best bit, like, largest public meeting ground in, in the good inn. No, the bad inn. Shaba, that would, that would, I wouldn't be backing that up with scientific basis. That would be entirely conjecture and superstition. Well, this would be for scientific purposes, because you can study uh, the victims and uh, see what happens. Overnight. Well, you see, Shabbos, so the scientific process, in order for that to be a fair study, we have to actually put some people that weren't bitten in with the people that were bitten, <laughs> and then we need to see what happens. Worst case scenario, the people that were bitten do turn into zombies and bite the people that weren't bitten. Then we can see if those people turn into zombies, and then if those people turn into zombies, and there's too many zombies in that amphitheater, and they come out and they bite us, and then we can see if we turn into zombies. Okay. So that's how that I'm, works. I'm liking your train of thought here. It's a good train to be on. I like that. Unfortunately, the train of our caravan is leaving this station in the morning, so we don't have that long. Mm. Well, the townsfolk can do the study. When we come back through here, they can tell us what has happened. That'll be enough that's time true. passed. Yeah, the, the townsfolk, seem, the, these farmers seem like worthy scientists to conduct <laughs> such a, a study. I now confer upon all of you a medical degree. Science! Science. <laughs> Through the power vested in me by science, <laughs> I now pronounce you science. <laughs> Doctors and, and, and physicists. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got an idea, though. What if we wrote up a report... Gave them a nice little clipboard and graph sheet laid out so that they could every day, like, did they turn? Yes. No? <laughs> X? Yeah. Yes? Check. Keep it, keep it very simple. Yeah, very simple. Right. Keep it very simple. Assuming most of them can read, though, and that's not a given. We'll, we'll find someone who can read. Can we, can we investigate the townsfolk for someone that's literate? Yes. Mm. That's a good idea. And then when we get back, we'll plot all the information onto a, a chart. <laughs> chart. A did, they, did they and turn and it's just a straight line? Did they turn? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> just like 12 straight lines going across the page. <laughs> My studies conclude. <laughs> you can see by this graph here behind me. <laughs> With a little pointer. But that's just a bunch of straight lines. <laughs> Well, well, give it a moment. So I think our dungeon master was looking at his NPC roster. His NPC list, yes. In this world, reading is not that uncommon of a skill. Oh, well, that's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, so maybe your unskilled laborers might not be able to read consistently, but you know, the people working in the tavern or most of the other merchants in that level would be just fine. Hmm. Well, Asla, why didn't we have posters printed before we left Nanept? In that case, if they can read, we should have just had them in every town, left them in every town we went through for the AAA team. Oh, for us? Yeah, that's true. Or for just whatever, like, would look cool on a poster that people could read. We do need to, like, have a marketing department, so um, that would be a good start. That and would then be once us. We have that, since yeah, that would be us. Just three of us. And then from there, we can develop some marketing materials. Okay, I like it. Aslo, are you saying that we're going to join the Merchant Guild and be more about trade than adventuring? No, I'm just saying that any good business needs a marketing department. True. Perhaps the two go hand in hand. Yes, perhaps. 
Shaba, it sounds like you're uh, interested in that kind of thing. Do you want to head up that department? Uh, sure. Okay. I will do some preliminary um, stone carvings and okay. let you know what I come up with. All right. I want a uh, full report by the end of the week on our uh, marketing trends, uh, how many more people have purchased our services uh, by the end of the week <laughs> than before we started. So we have a good idea of kind of our, the trajectory of the business and all that good stuff. And our projected sales and uh, revenue right. and income streams. Yeah, get, with sales, get with the sales department on that as well. <laughs> okay, which would be who? Tokus? Uh, Tokus, you are now the head of the sales department. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, I'm going to reach into my backpack and my jeweler's tools i pop it open and i pull out the uh the monocle <laughs> and i and i and i put it on and i say all right i'm ready now don't i look like a salesman now <laughs> I kind of adjust my wig just so like a classy salesman with a wig perfect uh, perfect yes so what have our sales been tokus today this night um well actually today overall looks like according to mine i do some very very quick brief calculations it looks like we're actually at a deficit today um, <laughs> so we we need we need to run uh we need to do some budgeting we haven't made any any sale we haven't lost sales so stripey ate some of the rations <laughs> uh, first of all i told yeah. you he's, he's bad blood we got to get rid that. of that thing eventually um, <laughs> so uh, other than that we didn't actually make any money for saving the townsfolk i had an expected roi on that return on investment for, right. for those of you that don't know of at least 50 gold. I mean, come on, like yeah. we saved their lives. So we didn't do a very good job making them realize that their lives mattered and that we were providing a service. Mm. Well, Togus, you know, I think the only way for us to recoup those uh, costs that we've lost this week is to sell some of our assets. So, uh, hey, Shaba, can you uh, fetch Stripey for me? We're going to put him up for auction. Uh, oh, are we going to sell his, uh, his talent? For fighting things? Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just just put him up on this platform here. And yes. we'll... His succulent, succulent barbecued talent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody eats badger except for that one time I did. I mean, that never <laughs> happened. Um, so if we can just come together on some good ideas for making our services, as Tokus said, known to people before they put us in situations like the one we've just gone through, then I think maybe we can expect a higher ROI, as you put it. Uh, mm. Because right now it's deep in the negatives. Deep, deep in the negatives. Also, if we can get people to pay us for our services before we perform them, <laughs> I feel like that will, yes. that will really help. For example, if we well. had held out for, a, say, a franchise deal before we had been involved in this battle. Well, we should yeah. have had a disclaimer and be like, hey, we'll save you. But first, <laughs> some gold. five installments of 1995 yeah, exactly. gold and silver pieces. Right. You're I right. Like we that. need to do that. We need to have those contracts on hand and ready for the mm -hmm. next time we're about to save someone. Yeah, we just hand them out. We just hand them out and everybody signs, you know, an NDA, yes. some sort of waiver so that we're not liable if they do get eaten anyway. Right. Know. And then we can just make sure that we're always somewhere where something bad is about to happen to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be more than fair for every living citizen after the tragic event. Uh, we collect those forms back from them with payment. 
I like it. It's perfect. And and, and Tokus puts his fingers together like this and taps them. <laughs> Steeples them like Mr. Burns. Yes. Ah, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Tokus, you're being kind of weird. but um... <laughs> You'll be my Smithers, Shaba. Yes. <laughs> you're very big Smithers. In the meantime, let's, uh, let's figure out what we're doing right now. Okay, so let's make sure that we... Tell the townsfolk that if any of their friends or family or loved ones turn into zombies, that they should let us know when we come back through. Yeah, I don't know that we need to go to all the length of quarantining. Just let's have them keep an eye on each other. And then, yeah, they can let us know. Yeah, they'll know if if their loved ones turn into zombies. That's true. Oh, Aslo, did you remember to put the dark horse figure that flew over us into your Pokedex before we left? Oh, rats. I, I didn't bring my Pokeballs with me on this trip. <laughs> no, I said I Pokedex. Home. Oh, Pokedex. Okay, yeah, I've got that. I didn't get a good enough look at it to identify which Pokemon it may have been. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Supposed to be able to tell just from the silhouette, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, oh, you're right. Which is exactly what we had. If you're a Pokemon master, that is. So that being said, could the three of us hypothetically put our heads together and make some kind of nature check or some kind of check to see what we think it is based on its silhouette? Or could we literally put our heads together and see if the transfer of thought between the, the gl- <laughs> brief glimpses that we got of the creature could actually result in a fuller picture of it? Okay, we're going to triangulate the image. So, like, I had one image of it, you had another image, and we're going to use all three images and put them together to form a composite to 3D create model. To create a 3D model, exactly. So yes, find out brilliant, exactly mm. brilliant. Okay. I thought you were implying that we would literally sew our heads together. <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of psycho-science experiment. Are you sure this is going to be worth it? Totally. <laughs> Just trust me. Our thoughts will connect. <laughs> Ow. Like with each needle stroke? Just like each each one? Ow, this hurts. Oh, no, gross. I feel closer to you guys. <laughs> Let's not do that. And instead, make some kind of check. What kind of check would that be, Thane? Oh, benevolent DM. Maybe we can go around and ask the wounded people what they saw, or all the townsfolk. Let's call it a nature check. Okay. Th- Thane has already torn up his D&D book. <laughs> we have to get you another copy. That would be a 19 plus Ooh. 1, 20. Nice. I only got a 6. 21. Ooh. Now, you are basing your guess off of a very unclear picture, so... You can't really be sure on anything it might be, but you would guess that it was roughly horse-sized, maybe a little bit bigger, and you could see what looked like wings spreading out from both sides, so it wasn't just hovering or anything, it was actually flying around and flapping wings. So there were wings that we saw. Yes, but I don't know if you could really identify exactly what it is. You know of various flying horse-sized things, such as... Pegasi. Pegasi, hippogriffs, griffins. Unikai? Is unicorn a thing? Yeah. Are <laughs> unicorns creatures? Unicorns don't generally fly or have wings. But they are magical horse-shaped things. Isn't there something um, that's like a undead flying horse or like a... Maybe I'm just thinking nightmare. of the magic, magic card nightmare, yeah. Are you thinking of the four horsemen of the apocalypse who ride through the sky, raining death and plague and destruction? That too, but mostly the magic card, Nightmare. Nightmares 
are like flying flaming horses, so you would have seen some fire. Ah, okay. Mm. Why can't we think happy thoughts? Like maybe Santa Claus got lost or... <laughs> oh, this is one of the reindeer? Yeah, he forgot that, you know, he forgot when Christmas was this year and he was doing a test run. <laughs> That's probably it. It's evil Santa on a black horse. <laughs> I, you know, that, that comes to mind. So we've done a pretty good job establishing this world, right, lore-wise. We haven't had a single holiday. Mm. We have to have some holidays. Think about it, guys. That's, That's so true. funny that you said that because the other night as I was falling asleep, I was like, you know what? I should mention that Shaba's birthday is coming up pretty soon. Mm. Ah. He's turning 29. 29 Goliath years, which I have no idea how our calendar corresponds to <laughs> that of most other species. But what do you call it? I mean, surely you don't just call it birthday. I mean, it is the day that the Ramlord has ordained for your birth. Right. I mean, it's not like surely it has a longer, more extravagant Goliath name. Definitely. It is the day that you slipped into existence. Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're Goliaths. We're we're blunt about that kind of thing. I feel like Kavaki wasn't part of that naming. No, at all. not at all. Yeah, yeah. The day on which Kavaki unfurled his fist, and hence you fell into the world like a small, uh, small wingless bird. Yes, that's a rough <laughs> translation, but essentially, yeah, that's what. Oh, okay, cool. That's what they call it. How'd you know? As well? I'm surprised. You you must have learned that in Bard's College. I did, I did. And they pronounce it birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's pronounced birthday. All right, so it's still the middle of the night. The wounded have all been tended to. People are starting to go back toward their houses. A couple of people are staying out to keep watch. But it looks like things have calmed down, and you're free to go back to your inn if you want. Uh, well, before we do that, I need to start the marketing campaign. So I reach out and I put my hand on the shoulder of one of the guards still remaining. And I say, we did a good thing today together. We did. I need you to do me a favor. The next time you need a favor. And I produce a business card very slyly and tuck it in his shirt pocket. Consider calling the AAA team. And I, and I pat it on his chest like awkwardly. And then I don't know how I reach that, but. And then I walk, I walk away. That was smooth. I got to hand it to you. That was real smooth. Probably can't reach his chest. Wouldn't have a pocket there anyways. You just slip it into his pants pocket and pat the side there. <laughs> pat, the, <laughs> pat the pants pocket. And then I say, good day, sir. I said good day. Good night. <laughs> I say good day. Now, Aslo... I know there's going to be a lot of awesome fans when we stride into that bar. Like, we're, we're walking towards it, right? I mean, just think about all the young, fair maidens that would love to congratulate us on our heroic efforts. I got my hand over your shoulder, and I'm, I'm saying, don't let all this fame go to your head. Uh, yeah, let's, let's go in and get right to sleep, and then we can leave early in the morning. All right, so I bust open the door with a kick, and I say, hey, everyone, here's Aslo. He's the real hero. And then you turn to, si to your side to look at me, and I've already left. I've walked back out the door. <laughs> it's just swinging. <laughs> the tavern common room, it's mostly full of the women and the older elderly. So it's people who weren't in the battle kind of hiding here for shelter. Uh, they don't even know who we are yet. <laughs> there are a few men who have returned to the inn who were in the fight. I see. All right, well, kind of like ninja stars, I go, shink! And I've got a few business cards in each hand. <laughs> and you throw them at people's faces. 
like gambit. I'm just like, and then they ex- <laughs> they explode. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did this happen? But I, I go around and I kindly, as as kindly as Tokus can, with a negative two charisma, I let <laughs> people know that the Triple A team saved them today, and that it was all our doing. That we didn't even need any help. I mean, the townsfolk helped, sure, but arrogantly, Tokus strides around and hands out these business cards. And I'd like to hear some of the conversations from these townsfolk. Maybe he encounters some interesting resistance in his endeavors to market himself, to advocate for his business. <laughs> right, well, you hand out a couple of them, and then one of the men who was fighting in the battle comes up and says, what do you mean it was all you? We all fought. Yes, I, I know exactly what you mean. And you know what? You're now an honorary member of the AAA team, if you want to be, and I hand him a business card, and I say, <laughs> your efforts were our efforts. <laughs> You mean you're trying to take credit for things that you didn't do? Credit for things that we will do in the future. This piece of paper, my friend, you hold in your hand is a promise. That we'll come back and make sure the whole town hasn't turned into zombies. Someday soon. (laughs) So you're promising him that someday the town won't turn into zombies? That's right. And it's all because of the AAA team. (laughs) (laughs) Your promise makes little sense. I don't want your card. I poke my head in through the door and say, Don't worry, he makes little sense. And I leave again. (laughs) Sir, good sir, can I tell you a story? (laughs) I don't really have time. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to go back to bed and rest up. It's been an exhausting night. (laughs) <laughs> no, seriously, I insist, and I take him by the hand so he can't ignore me. <laughs> and I say, my father was a ruthless man. He would have me cut gems long into the evening, such as the craft of a gem cutter gnome. But I have learned not to be just like my father. A gnome's promise is just as rock hard as those gemstones, good sir. I will make good on these deeds. Someday, we will come back. So hold on to that card. Because we'll meet again. You see his eyes have glazed over, and he's not really paying attention to anything you're saying. And then when you stop, he says, oh, um, great story. And he shakes your hand off of his. <laughs> uh, I have to go now. And I scurry off to, to, find, to find my... Uh, my boss and tell him that I handed out like all the business cards and now we need more money for more business cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I basically look for a back door or like a, a wine cellar or something, a cellar door that I can sneak in to go straight to my room and go to sleep instead of walking in the front door where Tokus is making this commotion. You could climb in the window into the common room. You're just staying in the common room. You don't have your own separate room. Oh, okay, cool. I'll do that. So you peek over the window ledge, wait till no one's looking, and then just slither over? Yeah, basically. Just dive through. And I guess I'll stealth through to make sure no one sees me. I'm still hanging out outside. I'll stay out there until all the wounded have been tended to and are like back up on their feet and headed home. Okay, so you stay out for another 45 minutes or so, tending to people? The bodies are just kind of left at the moment, lying all over the ground with the fires dying out. Everyone eventually finds their way back to bed, and when the sun rises, you are finally able to survey the scene before you in detail, and just the smell of everything that happened last that night made sleep difficult. Gross. Mm. 
Ugh. Uh, but looking out there, you see close to a hundred charred remains lying in and around the town square. Uh, the wheat field that the farmer was worried about is trampled down, but probably mostly still salvageable. You see a few strong men are slowly gathering the bodies up and loading them onto carts. But most of the other villagers are avoiding the area entirely, even though this is the town's center. Have any of the townsfolk um, gotten any worse overnight or started showing any symptoms of fever or sickness other than their wounds? You look around and see some of the people that were hurt and they seem to be doing about as well as you would expect. There's no significant signs of sickness. Okay, no strange occurrences. No. All right. The caravan's ready to set out again, or you could do anything else if you wanted to in the morning beforehand. No, I say we uh, get moving on to our destination. I think we should do that, but first I think, Ezra, you should um, get on my shoulders and make a rousing speech about the bravery of the townsfolk and how the AAA team was proud to have been a part of such a valiant defense and how you commend each and every one of the brave farmers and townsfolk who fought to defend their homes. And give them a, a real sense of pride and a sense of knowing who we are so that... They know who we are? Yeah. Did you say people are milling about, like cleaning up the bodies and stuff? There are a couple of people that are getting all the bodies together and onto the carts, but most of them are avoiding that area. There's not really a big crowd anywhere. Gotcha. We'll go toward the middle of the town square, where are you know wherever people are, and um, I'll get up on Shaba's shoulders, and I will say, <clears throat> "Attention, everyone!" Before you start, once you're on my shoulders, I will grab you by the feet and lift you up, so that you are standing <laughs> um, with your feet are in my hands and my hands are raised above my head, so that you are now standing about ten to eleven feet off the ground. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm sorry. Wow. Go ahead. That's uh, that's impressive. Stiff as a board. <laughs> Just stay stay stiff and don't move. Don't wobble too much because I don't want to drop you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to dig, uh, fish through my pack and pull something out. It's like uh, sort of like a big circular piece of metal on a string, and I pull out a little mallet, and with one swift stroke. I will hit my gong to get everybody's attention. <laughs> you have a gong? Yeah, I just bought it. What do you think? <laughs> that is a really... That's the perfect instrument for you, Ashley. It is. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks, buddy. So it's a travel gong, but it's a gong nonetheless, so All I imagine right. it's still pretty loud. Perfect. I mean, is there any kind of gong that's not great? That's true. So the, it rings throughout the whole square, and you see several heads turning. I think you're supposed to do that at the end, so you can go, ksh, gong hit, Aslo has spoken, and then you're done. You could do it at the end, too. Okay. Well, I, I hit it first, and then I say, Aslo is about to speak. <clears throat> and then I speak. <laughs> Good townsfolk, we bid you farewell because we're getting ready to leave, but not before we tell you that you are awesome and that you worked really hard to kill a bunch of dead people, and <laughs> for that we commend you... Just remember that it was us, the AAA team, or AAA for short, who <laughs> roused you into battle and made sure you were awesome at fighting these things. Yes, it was us, AAA. Remember that you can always call on us, the AAA team, for all your AAA needs. Because we were the ones who inspired you to be good. So keep being good out there, 
and until next time, Triple A team. And then I hit the gong again <laughs> and say, Aslo has spoken. <laughs> All right, that was, a, that was a great speech, Aslo. You look around, the audience seems largely confused, but... <laughs> <laughs> One guy in the distance gives a few claps. <laughs> and then looks around and sees that no one else is clapping and stops. <laughs> He's like, Triple I team, yeah. Oh. 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 oh, nobody actually likes them. Oh. I still look pleased with myself. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm well, like, all right, gang. Cool. Let's head out. Great job, Aslo. Hey, thanks. So you all get into your normal positions in the caravan and head out. You travel for the full day, and just as the sun is beginning to set, you arrive at an impressive stone bridge, nearly 300 feet long, which spans Jeez. the Narmek River below. Oh, wow. that's a big bridge. Uh, the bridge is obviously fairly old, likely a remnant of the early days of the Empire, but its construction seems solid. And on the opposite end of the bridge is a large gatehouse with several wagons in line in front of it. According to your caravan master, the city of Brentley Gate spreads out beyond the gatehouse. Uh, The whole city is encircled by a low stone fence and several wooden towers. By your estimation, it looks like this town is somewhere in the neighborhood of a third the size of Nanept, which is still fairly large. And as the caravan Hmm. begins to cross over the bridge, you look down into the water below, and you can see an unnaturally dark riverbed beneath mostly clear water above. Hmm. Does it look like stone? Uh, There are stones down there. It's a very rocky riverbed. You actually see large rocks jutting out of it, forming rapids. It would make any attempt to swim or boat across pretty dangerous. You can't be sure what the darkness is underneath. Uh, You do see... A sign that looks rather new in front of the bridge that says no fishing. You know that this is the same river as the one that you were traveling along earlier. It's just much farther Uh, downstream. Whoa. And you said it's dark, right? Like strangely dark? Yeah, it's a little bit dark at the bottom and then there's clearer water flowing on top. Clearer Mm. or like the water's clear and looks healthy? It's not fully clear. I mean, it's a little bit muddy and brown, but clear enough that you can see to the bottom. Well, I mean, let's be real. You're not fully clear until you're zestfully clear. But, like, is it... (laughs) So so it's not like this looks like a healthy river. This looks like river that's on in recovery, maybe? You could say that, you think. All right. So the no fishing sign is obviously like, hey, there's some type of pollution in our water. Don't eat the fish from it. Yeah, you you look down there and you can see a few fish swimming around sluggishly in the eddies. Mm. Yep, not gonna lie, I didn't put two and two together there, Shaba. Yeah, good I, work. I, uh, I couldn't. I didn't realize it was the same river that we were, uh, that the cave that we encountered the cultist in. But it appears that the effects of their magics are longer lasting than we would have hoped. Yeah. Now, how sturdy does this bridge look? It looks pretty sturdy. How sturdy do you think it looks, Tokus? I would give it a seven. Okay. <laughs> seven out of? Out of 20. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you go first and you let us know how stable it is? A seven out again, of 20? Just like in the cave, if it doesn't break with you. 
Oh, man, but it's got, like, a bunch of wagons on it. I doubt my weight's going to make much difference. Yeah, the caravan is continuing onto the bridge, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, plus, you guys are at the front of the caravan, member, So you're going to get on it first. I hope it's more sturdy looking than that. 7 out of 20 is pretty, pretty bad. Well, regardless of what Tokus thinks, uh, some higher power tells me that this is a pretty sturdy bridge, so... <laughs> I'm going to uh, trust that and uh, just keep going with the caravan. You guys do what you want to do. Yeah, I don't know if Tokus really knows a whole lot about bridges. I mean, their construction, or what do you want to know about bridges? (laughs) Just anything. I give Shaba a five-minute rendition of the history of bridges and their construction and materials, and then we're already over the bridge. A five-minute rendition of what would be a half-hour lesson, which is actually a two-hour speech condensed, which was a book that he previously wrote condensed into a two-hour speech. Precisely. Which has been turned into a movie, which he also quoted. Well, but the movie wasn't really that great, because I wasn't the actor. Or the director. The movie's called, get this... Bridges. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. No, building bridges. And then burning them. And the lead actor in it was Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yes. <Hey! laughs> you, you told it funny. The Bridges of Madison County by Tokus Often. You know, they say that when you make a relationship, it's like you're building a bridge between two people. I don't know how that applies, but okay. Yeah, they also say that when you break a relationship, you're burning bridges. Shaba, I would never catch you on fire. Well, that's good. Because I would never be caught dead on a bridge that you built. But I look at one of the fire orbs longingly and I put it back. (laughs) And his eyes get wide and the camera zooms in right on his eyes and they're like swirling. (laughs) I would never set you on fire, but maybe maybe your furry friend. I'm not going to lie. I would let you do it just because I think it would be cool. Mm -hmm. Just to test the strength of the Violapult 3000. Right. So you, your caravan pulls in behind the line, all the other wagons, and after waiting in line for some 20 minutes while you're discussing the history of bridges and other such things, <laughs> uh, your caravan finally reaches the gates, and Albert begins speaking with the guards, listing off contents of the wagons, explaining the trip, and other guards move through the wagon train, opening up crates, poking through bags. They find Stripey, like, chowing down on a crate of jerky. It's, like, half-eaten through. Whoops, sorry about that. So one of the guards gives Shaba a stern look and pauses for a few seconds as if he's trying to decide whether it's safe to let you in. And they turn all the barrels around and there's holes chewed through them and just like (laughs) dust coming out where there used to be full of grain and whatever. The guard moves on, doesn't say anything to you about it. You also notice a large signboard next to the gate listing various laws and regulations. ruh Hmm. I set it ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no stinking law. Without hesitation, just <laughs> light it up. <laughs> Any city with laws is a city I won't be caught dead in. <laughs> uh, that's what I did in my in my head movies. Oh, okay. And then it flashes back to reality and you're just staring at the sign. <laughs> I think that's what Ben Stiller called dreams in that movie Tropic Thunder where he was playing the mentally dis- yeah, that was a pretty messed up movie I'm sad I'm sad that I thought of that reference now but that's where head movies comes from uh, oh yeah that's right and also the secret the, uh, life of Walter Mitty the secret life yeah yeah he has those visions Ben Stiller man 
He's an actor, a famous one. He is an actor. That's one thing I know for sure. <laughs> so you're looking at the signboard, and you see that the laws seem to apply to the whole of Erevek, which is the country that you're about to enter. It's not just Brentley Gate. Okay. Most of the laws seem fairly standard, but a few do stand out to you. There's like a little height meter, and it says, not admitted on this ride unless you're over this height. You must be this tall to enter. <laughs> yeah, you must be this tall to enter. Sorry, Aslone Tokus. You can't come into the country. Dang it. <laughs> oh, man. So the three laws you take notice of. The practice of magic without a license is forbidden within three miles of any city, town, or village. Whoa, boy. Second one, duels to the death are not to be fought without at least one official witness for each participant and may only be fought on weekends and not in the town center. Oh, my. Wow. Okay. What day is it? Uh, it's not a weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it a, like a Tuesday, perhaps? Sure. We'll say this world's equivalent of a Tuesday. A Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> I believe it's Tuesday. Okay. And the third law is hunting along the Sapphire Road is prohibited. Oh. Mm. Well, how will we eat? We've got provisions, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. These people have an intensity that I sort of like. I cotton to it a little bit. It kind of resonates with me. Setting rules for fights to the death and making sure that people don't cheat by using magic <laughs> and making sure that people don't cheat against duels versus animals by hunting them along the <laughs> sapphire road. <laughs> yeah, so basically don't cheat is the uh, right is the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Once the guards are satisfied with your inspection and Elbert pays a sizable tax of some kind, you begin to roll into Brentley Gate proper. The Damage Guild Podcast. Alchemy for your ear holes. Dear listener, by subscribing on our main page link that you can find on our main website links panel at www.thedamageguild.com, you help us out tremendously by giving us that much-needed visibility in the vast sea of D&D podcasting. And trust me, there's a lot of it out there, but we want to stand out and you guys can help us to do that. So click the subscribe link for your respective device, either iTunes or Google Play. And then after you've done that, consider making a profile and subbing to us on player.fm. That's player.fm. Uh, you can search for that. Most Google searches will get you where you need to go. We literally jump up towards the top of their web page when you do that. Very, very cool stuff. Directly influencing and helping us. So please take the five or so minutes it takes to to do that. Thank you. And now back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. You are listening to the Damage Guild podcast. The city here is fairly crowded. A lot more people here than anywhere else that you've been since, except for an inept. And it looks like it's still busy, despite the fact that it's getting dark. As you're walking down the main road, you notice an unusually high number of both dwarves and halflings. You also pass by a modest brick structure with a sign showing a familiar-looking blue sword. Ah. Ooh, the saber has a, an outpost here. Dude, that's right. I forgot we had member benefits and stuff. So sweet. We should... We should check that out. Yeah, I say we go straight to the to the saber. But in the meantime, every halfling that I pass on the street, I give them a high five. <laughs> Actually, I, I give them the halfling secret handshake. Oh, man. 
but they're on the, from a different continent than you. Would they even have the same secret handshake? It's just, you know, one of those things that all halflings know. And uh, you wouldn't understand because you're a human thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's worldwide. Aslo, could you describe for me this secret handshake? I like to know about all things secret, as you know. You wouldn't even know about the handshake because it happens so fast that... You just put on a shirt with really long sleeves, and so you're doing the handshake underneath <laughs> your excessively long sleeves. The inside of the sleeve. <laughs> yeah, no, we just sort of like cover it up. We use one hand to cover up the handshake, and then we're just kind of... Right. Secretly. Or you take out those Asian fans, those Japanese fans, and go... And flick them open and cover <laughs> yourself as you're doing the handshake. Exactly. I watch intently with... And I, I get out a notepad and I start taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days they'll think I'm a halfling. I don't think there is any such handshake. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, it's all in Aslo's head then. <laughs> right, you're just like shaking hands with like random halflings and they're just like, why are you shaking my hand? <laughs> oh, yes, pleasure to meet you. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. Togus, you're trying to penetrate the secret halfling underground. <laughs> it's a real uh, real stronghold, you know, you don't let just anybody in. Right, yeah, the caravan finds its way to an and say that you're free to go. Okay, yeah, we just let Elbert know, hey, we'll, we'll join up with you later. We're just going to, you know, chill with our, our people. I feel like uh, all this road dust and travel has tired us out, and we need to just be with our own kind for a little while. Well, we'll see you in the morning, then. So you head over to the Sapphire Saber is a rather small building, especially compared to the central office that you were in earlier. But, you know, it's decently set up. You open the doors and you can see one man behind the counter going through some books and papers. Hello there, man. What up, man? Welcome. <laughs> Are you here to spend the night? He looks at your badges. Yeah, we're badge-carrying members of the Sapphire Saber, and yes, we would like our rooms, please, the same ones that we use back home in Inept, because you guys have that kind of technology. Right. It's just down this hallway. First door, well, the only door <laughs> down that hallway. All right. Uh, yes, yeah. of course. Uh, what, are, what are the amenities like at this location? We have a small tavern with a local job board, although we don't see a whole lot of business this time of year. Uh, what were you talking, like shuffleboard, darts? Um, Job board, I said. So, but I mean, like, as far as, like, party <laughs> games, uh, billiard table? Oh, games here? <laughs> no, this is more just a branch office for people to rest at and get new information for jobs that they're doing and so on. Okay, so what you're telling me is that people don't have fun here? Is that the vibe I'm getting? Is it not? Is it outlawed in this kingdom? <laughs> You're free to do whatever you want in your room. Okay, I don't have a billiard table in my room, though. That's the problem. So I was hoping yeah, maybe Yeah, can we guys... have room service bring up a billiard table, please? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. I just kind of snap my fingers <laughs> yeah. and walk away. Thanks. Appreciate it. Let me just leave. <laughs> I slap a copper piece down on the table and wink at him and then walk away. <laughs> For your time, sir. <laughs> he just shakes his head and says, I guess they take all kinds in the guild. Oh! <laughs> They're really not picky these days. <laughs> wow. Uh, what time of night is it? Is it, like, time for bed? It's just after sunset. Okay. Oh, yeah. I uh, let out a little yawn. Um, why don't we go uh, chat up the other adventurers before we hit the hay? You want to 
measure up to our competition, Chaba? Yeah, and make sure that they're worthy members of the guild. I kind of wanted to check out the job board, even though we don't have time here. I'm just kind of curious what might be on there. Me too. Yeah, maybe there's something we could do tonight. Oh. I like work. Let's check it out. <laughs> yeah, we could pull a double shift. Since fun is against the law, we can work. Yeah. What if we, like, prevented a, bul- a, a burglary? Wow, burglary. Burglary. Or what if we, like, rescued uh, a cat from a tree? Or I'm just, like, so yes. excited and I keep, like, shouting out all these different scenarios that could be on the job board. And then we get actually get to the job board and it says... Yeah, I like the first one that you mentioned, preventing a burglary. I'm sure when we go to the job board, it'll be like, attention adventurers, there is going to be a burglary tonight at midnight. Please be at this address to prevent said burglary. You see a posting for a missing child... What? Mm. Says, you know, my son. Uh, my son tried to have fun. He was never <laughs> seen again. He's gone missing. He went looking for a pool table, and he never came back. No one's heard. <laughs> fun was the only thing he wanted in life. <laughs> and now he's gone. <laughs> Guys, this town sucks. Let's go somewhere else. I don't even want to be on this caravan anymore. We should have done the cockatrice eggs. We could have been on like a like an awesome safari. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. What it actually says: My son Darren has been missing for the past week. Uh, we're looking for anyone who has information leading to his whereabouts. And reward will be 20 gold pieces for his safe return. A spinning eight ball was all that was left at the scene we last saw him. So wait, he has to be completely <laughs> intact. Like, we, it can't it can't be in pieces. It, he, he can't be in pieces. <laughs> like, if we just identify the body, we don't get any form of payment? There is a note underneath. It says, if he's deceased when found and the body is returned, then you'll be paid eight gold. Because they need the rest of the money for the funeral. Probably, yeah. Well, with that heavy thought and with a heavy heart, Tokus's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> and he said, guys, let's find that kid. Is there a name and a face and a, like a, like a missing ad? Do we have a description? Not written on the board here. They've nailed a milk carton to it with the, have you seen this kid? Have you seen me? With his name and picture. Would be handy. Why would we even look for a child? Aslo, this this is your expertise. Let's start with all the places you could find a child. Playgrounds, schools, candy stores. Everybody knows that halflings know how to have fun, so I would assume you know how to find little children. Ooh, let's check out the candy cane field. That's probably where he is. <laughs> oh, the candy field. It's just over the mountain of fluffy marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> Past the river of rainbow dreams. Bane, if you're looking for a good description to use, there's always trovetokens.com slash storybook.html. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, so night quest, night side quest. Let's find this kid. Um, where can we find the... We go to the bartender, because the bartender is always the guy at the Sapphire Saber who hands out quests. <laughs> it's just the same bartender from the I'm... Oh, the Drake. The Drake was his name. Remember? Some call me the Drake. Uh-huh, yeah. It's not him. Any our quests. Oh, man. Dang it. Actually, he could be because they have, like, teleporting rooms. Right? Like, we step into the room and then we're... 
The rooms don't really teleport. They're kind of extra-dimensional spaces. But can't those shift and move? You're not sure on all the details of how it works. All right, the next time I'm in my bedroom, I'm going to, like, jump on all the floors and, like, try to push the walls open, try to get into the extra dimensions. <laughs> yeah, now Tokus is, like, off on a, a quest of his own. <laughs> yeah, his own side quest. <laughs> right. I have a spoon, and I'm, like, digging a hole into the wall, <laughs> trying to get to the extra dimensions. If I can invert the extra dimensional space, then technically I will be back on the plane in which I started, and I can go anywhere I want. <laughs> in the reality, I just, like, fall through a hole and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aslo would know enough about magic to tell you that that's not how it works. <laughs> so I open, what is it, the the coat chest? What are those things called? The wardrobe. Yeah, Thank you. I open the wardrobe and it's snowing. <laughs> yeah. And I and I go through the jackets and there's a satyr and he greets me. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, thanks for killing me the other day. What are you doing here? Why am I trapped in this snowy wasteland? <laughs> that was so good. You brought back the... It's always winter, but never Christmas. Thanks for killing my best friend, Joe. Thanks a lot. It was you? I thought this was Narnia. No, you, you just entered satyr hell. This is where we wait to be summoned by the Sapphire Saver. And then I turn around and the wardrobe isn't there anymore. Yeah, right. I'm like, no! 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 <laughs> All right, John, roll up a new character. <laughs> and so I just spend the rest of my existence killing the same three satyrs over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And they keep they coming keep back. They keep respawning. Oh, man. Oh, terrible fate. All right. New side side quest. We have to go rescue Tokus. And the kid is one of the satyrs. That's what they didn't tell you on the on the quest log. <laughs> and one of the other satyrs is the head of the cult. So it all oh. just kind of ties back in. So actually, uh, quick segue. Sometimes in life we forget our own past, and sometimes it's nice to kind of like flip through a picture book and be like, oh yeah, I remember going to the Grand Canyon. Mm. So I did that the other day, but in D&D form. Hmm. We know way more about the cultists than I remember. Oh. Listen to this. So you fell into the Grand Canyon, which you would definitely remember, I feel like. (laughs) We know two things about the cultists. One, they have pointy black masks. Like nose pointy or a head pointy? Like almost more like... uh, Like beaks. Yeah, like beaked masks, kind of like uh, Plague Doctor, if you've ever played uh, Darkest Dungeon. It's a great RPG. Or like the actual Black Plague? Sure. So it's like a beaked, like like a raven's face Mm. mask. Okay. But what's interesting, and I don't know how I saw this because most of them were masked. Apparently, their only defining features were the pointy black masks and a small red mark on their forehead. Like a dot? I think it might be more like Simba style, like like Rafiki takes the... Oh, like a thumbprint? Like, okay. You sure there weren't just snipers with their guns trained on their foreheads <laughs> when you saw this? Wait, so you're saying we knew this, or you are remembering this from your own past? So Tokus has delved deep into his past, a.k.a. character backstory information. Just refreshing it. Okay, okay. Remembering things about himself. And he vividly mm. remembers that day. But he forgot to tell you guys about the masks. And the red and dots. The, and the red spot. No, it's a spot. I spe- spot. He, okay. Toka specifically wrote that it was a red... Red mark is what you wrote. Mm. Well, if it's a thumbprint, then we can just ID them and find out who they are. Well, no, we should just pay attention for people wearing sketchy, pointed, beak-like 
Braven masks and or red marks on their forehead. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, Thane, we haven't uh, we haven't seen any of those around yet recently, have we? No. But maybe we have. We just haven't been looking for it. See, maybe the cult is all around us, dispersed amongst us. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure they're all around us. They're looking for us. The one person you fought in the cave, you never really saw anything above his nose level. I would have liked to have killed him and looked at his, you know, scalped him and kept it as a trophy. Anyway, about that missing kid. Let's. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart grew three sizes. Let's right. save that kid. Okay, let's Even go. Even if we yeah. don't get any sleep. All right, we walk out into the street. We're like, kid! (laughs) So, first of all, does the poster have any description of the kid? The poster doesn't, but presumably you could talk to someone else for more information, yeah. We approach Barty, the bartender. Yes. Says, oh yeah, it's a real shame about that kid. Sure is. Yeah, you sound heartbroken. (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't know him personally, but it's always a shame when something like that happens. Mm, so yeah. he's last seen a week ago. He's a little bit on the short side for a 10-year-old. Kind of light skin, shaggy, dark brown hair. And he was last seen playing out at the edge of town near the forest. Mm. Somewhere off in the northeast section. Who are his parents and where can we find them? I'd like to give them a stern talking to for letting their son play at the edge of the dark forest. And then we can ask them questions. (laughs) He gives you the parent's location, tells you how to find it. All right. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. We may or may not be back alive. Or if we're not alive, we won't be back. But if we are, we... But we'll see you in the next life. (laughs) Maybe. May uh, Kivaki... Yeah, I hope the Ram Lord is like your bro and everything. See ya. I just imagine, like, the Ramlord, like, wearing lots of bling, and he's got, like, his car and his peeps, and he's just <laughs> straight chilling, like, up in Ramlord heaven, like, <laughs> aka the Ramlord crib, right, yeah. and, like, MTV interviews the Ramlord about, you know, all the things that he's accomplished, and he's like, you know, I was just, you know, I just... I didn't really do very much at all, actually. I just kind of hang out up here and people worship me. I was just some dude, yeah. And I don't even know what I did. And my heaven is really just a, a huge bed of rams. It's just a sea of rams <laughs> that I walk on because they're soft, <laughs> like sheep. And I just walk around or lay down. Sounds like a good time. So what are what are the kids' parents' names? Is Desfar and Pela. And the kid? Uh, Darren. What type of house do they live in? They live in a middle-class wooden structure near the edge of town, but not right next to the forest or anything. So this is the far edge of town, away from the river? Yes. The river is on the west side, and you're near the northeast section. So we knock on the door? You see a light inside, and hear footsteps. And then a man in a nightgown opens the door, holding up a candle. Yes, who who are you? How can I help I put a thumb underneath the sapphire saber pin and move it around so that it glints in the candlelight. Oh, are you here to take on the job? Yes, we really, really want to find your son, but we don't have much time. Let's work together and get this done. We only have till sunrise. Tell us everything you know. Yes, we need to know everything you know about your son and his disappearance. Uh, well, certainly. Uh, he 
often goes off with his friends to play over at their houses or in the nearby woods. It's usually not that dangerous around here, so you know we always just tell him to be careful, and he's always been fine before. But just this last time, he went off. I think he was with some of his friends, but I haven't heard anything from them, so maybe not. You haven't talked to his friends or their parents? The ones who are with him since he disappeared a week ago? Like, do you even care that your son is gone? Because that would be the first person that I would check with, were the people that he was with when he disappeared. I tried. I tried to follow, follow up with them and see what happened if anyone knew, but they said that they weren't with him that day. And it's possible he was hanging out with some other friends who I didn't know. Okay. Have there been any other disappearances of other children before or since? I don't know of any recently, but it's not an unknown thing to happen. Okay, do you have any idea who he might have been with when this happened? Any idea at all? I just said I I don't really know. I already tried asking his friends that he usually spends time with, but I don't think he's ever gone to the forest by himself before. And they, his friends that he usually hangs out with said that they were not with him. They confirmed that for you. That's right. So, so what you're telling me is you let your 10-year-old son wander <laughs> off into the forest with people that you don't know, and you didn't, you didn't even, that didn't even raise a second thought in your mind. That's what you're telling me right now. <laughs> I... <laughs> he doesn't normally do things like that He has his friends Do you normally like, oh I don't know, care where he is at all? Of course But this is a different age from modern times Kids tend to run around free Yeah, I was going to say, history check It used to be really normal for parents to just let their oh, kids sure, wander yeah. off but, but seriously, when we find your kid we're going to call the Child Protective Services <laughs> so you can have a parent that cares, even if it's a foster parent. Yeah, you know, my theory is my theory is while your kid's off running around with who knows who, you're having fun. And you know what that means around here. And we're going to report that fun to the authorities. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself for having so much fun. You make me sick. You, you people and your fun... Can't take this, and I, I grab his own door and I slam it in our in our faces. <laughs> He's reach inside and grab it and slam it shut. All right, so where does where do we go next? All right, I think we have to go straight to the forest because that's the only person who knows what's going on around here. Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, wait, so we really did slam the door and storm off? <laughs> of course. How could you not? I was so angry at this father for. The I didn't actually slam his his door in our faces. Um, but I think we should head to the forest if we're going to find this kid. The forest of no return. Regardless, we're going to go find your boy. Right. We say through the door. We're going to. We're, we're actually going to find him. <laughs> Thank you. Anything you can do to help, please. Oh, we will. We'll do it. Since obviously, you didn't do anything to help. <laughs> Just saying. All right. See you later. So as we're walking away, real quick. You know, guys, I feel like towards the end he was actually pretty sincere. Well, I, sure, I think he's sincere, but like... Yeah, I think his sincerity is not what's in question. Yeah, it's, 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 it's his, his ability to, to care for a 10-year-old child. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe what we should do is we find the boy, 
We set him free. We set him up with a circus. <laughs> we send him off to find him himself free, and right? make his fortune. Set him free from his tyrannical parents who let him run around and do whatever he wants. For 20 gold pieces. We're like, either we're going to give you back to your dad or you can become some kind of indentured servant for us. Ooh, let's get a new party member. Take your pick. Yeah, we shove a sword in his hand and sell him to Elbrit as a boy <laughs> caravan guard to be her, her ward until he comes of age. Yeah. Oh my god. Are we proposing slavery now? No, just uh just guided servanthood. Indent yeah, indentured servanthood. <laughs> right. Mentorship. Yes, perfect. I like that term better. It makes me feel less guilty inside. Alright, let's go to the forest. Yeah, let's find the kid first and then we can decide what we'll do with him. I roll in a tracking check. Hey guys, I'm getting that vibe that we're about to walk in on something. Something sinister. What if the boy had every intention of coming home, but something grabbed him? Or what if he just hated his parents because they suck and he ran away? (laughs) And we find him up in a treehouse that he's just finishing building, nailing the last board into. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome to my new home. Would you like some tea? But you have to remember the day and age that we live in, Shaba. Monsters and beasts. Yeah, that's true. There's probably a lot of dangerous stuff out in the forest. We're going to have to fight our way through it just to find this boy. Well, my roll, my survival check was a, I rolled a 16 and I have a plus four. So that's a 20. That's pretty, pretty decent. Pretty good. So we go to the location described to us by his father and or the bartender. And uh, I start um, sniffing around. I'll go ahead and I'm going to cast Speak with Animals. And I'm going to lean down and press my forehead against Stripey's and we will communicate for a moment. Mm. And at the end of that period of time, I will stand up and say, okay, all right. I would remind you that magic is forbidden within three miles of the city. However, you probably don't even necessarily know that you're casting magic as you're doing this. And also, we are in the woods, so nobody can, the guards can't see. Wait, are we still close to the city? I, I can't cast spells? And if anybody tries to step two, we'll smack them down. <laughs> you know? Well, the area that you went to is a small clearing, just like a couple hundred feet into the forest. Yeah, I want to make oh, sure we're, we're out outside of town. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get on the bad side of the fun police, but I would rather just not be in line of sight to anyone in the city before we do this. Does Tokus even know that his gadgetry are magical? Like, technically? Yeah, I think you'd know that the final results have been magical. Okay. So just my rapier. Trusty sword's all you need. And I've communicated to Stripey to start sniffing around and seeing what he can come up with, scent-wise. Okay, we'll have him make a survival check, too. He has advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on smell. That works. All right, I mean, I didn't roll too well, but um, let's see. So then the total would be a uh, an 11. All right, so he's sniffing around for a while, and you're looking for tracks and other things. You can tell that this area seems well-traveled. You see lots of smaller footprints, so it's probably a gathering place for the children to play in here. So the kids normally come and hang out here. Yeah. As you're looking around the edge of the clearing, you find a small trail leading off farther into the woods that looks like it was made by passage of many small footprints back and forth lightly stepping as if they were trying to not cause too much of a disturbance in this trail. Hmm. Hmm. Many small footprints. What do you make of this, Shaba? I make 
<clears throat> a trail of sneakers. Like, not actual sneakers, but, like, people who are sneaking. Oh, okay. People who are uh, not wearing sneakers and who are trying to not be seen or detected. Very astute of you. Uh, are there any other trails that you see leading off from here? Good question. You look around some more, you don't see anything that pronounced. There are a few that kind of go off into nearby regions of the woods, but you would guess it's probably just when the kids like run out into the woods and play in some little makeshift fort or something out there. All right, well, we will follow the most pronounced set of tracks then. So Stripey comes back with nothing as far as his smelling. So you start following the trail, and it's kind of hard to follow it, especially since it's the middle of the night, and do you have light sources? Yeah, I have my lantern helmet. I'll put it on. And I'll have a light cast. Fire starter. Actually, I don't, I don't need no light source. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, Tokus is fine good, good. following this trail. He can see perfectly well. Following the trail kind of weaves back through some hills and valleys... You follow it for 20 minutes, you think? And finally you reach an overhang where there's a dirt cliff face here with a small tunnel leading into it. The tunnel itself is roughly round and about four feet tall. Seems like the kind of place a little boy might go. Let's investigate further. Further. 